Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensa, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensa is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to address your children on this important topic of sexuality. Our prayer, Lord, is that your Holy Spirit will take these words and let them minister to any child of yours bound in any way in sexual sins. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now, this is our final in the series on sexual purity. And today, I want to address the issue of the Christian and LGBTQ. The lesbian gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, sexuality issues. Right from the beginning, I want to establish three major points. The first one, is that I am speaking from the angle of Jesus Christ, the Bible, and the Christian church. Number two, I agree that Romans chapter 3 verse 23 insists that there is no difference all have sinned and come short of the glory of God therefore this message is not an attempt to come over as somebody who is saying certain people are more sinful than others but to push forward the agenda that Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us John chapter 3 verse 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And my third point is that I myself was involved for over three years in masturbation almost on a daily basis. I have been involved in incest and I've been involved in pornography. But Jesus, the blood of Jesus, has set me free. And as I stand here, I can testify on any platform in the whole world 
that Jesus changes lives. He has changed mine. And I can understand what it means to have a pure heart in the presence of God and man. Therefore, my arguments this evening are a bold attempt to present the point of view of Jesus Christ and the Bible on this very important topic. There are three main kinds of same-sex and transgender bisexual queer people group number one are those who feel attraction love infatuation and sexual drive towards somebody who is of the same sex or not the usual kind of sex with you anything else apart from the heterosexual relationship of love group number two are those whose sexual leaning and posture makes it such that they feel for long periods of time that they are men in women's clothing of a body or they are female in a male's body and they feel trapped therefore they desire to spend time with people who are of the same sex in order to find fulfillment in the relationship even though they do not intend to marry they want to be celibate by choice group number three are those who have such a permanent feeling and leaning towards people of the same sex that they want to go ahead and marry somebody who is of the same sex in order to find relationship, family, love, and belonging. Now, these three big groups have their own shades. But when I talk today about the position of Jesus and the Bible, I am aware that it is such a big group that there is no one medicine which can cure all. So, let us begin the discussion. A lot of the research which is out there on the internet says that if we do not accept people with homosexual, lesbian, transgender, and bisexual, queer 
behavior. They tend to have suicide ways of escape or they have depression or in some cases they coil back into themselves and just wash out of society. It is only when we accept them that they come out and flourish and become all that they should be. Another ground they stand on is that in reality Jesus never discussed homosexuality and gender issues and sexuality because by the time of Jesus Christ homosexuality was not an issue therefore he could not have commented on it so I want us to begin by reading Matthew chapter 19 we are beginning from verse 3 and this passage has this parallel in Mark chapter 10 from verse 1 to 10 but we are reading the Matthew passage chapter 19 we are reading from verse 3 and I want to comment as we go on because of the time Matthew chapter 19 from verse 3 some Pharisees came to him to test him they asked is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason Marriage problems have been with man forever. And these Pharisees came to Jesus and, and threw this question of divorce out there. Yes. Four. Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female? Yes. And said... For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. I want to make three key points here. The sex and sexuality of every human being on earth has the touch of God upon it. Have you not read that He who made them in the beginning? made them male and female and said therefore shall a man leave father and mother and cleave to the wife and the two shall become one flesh please let us go back to the passage Jesus quoted because it is the pointer for Christianity's position on sexuality. Christianity is not any church's property. Christianity is Jesus Christ. Because he said in Matthew 16, 18, Upon this rock I will build my church. And in Matthew chapter 18 verse 20, he said, Where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. In Ephesians 2, 22, the Bible says the church is the habitation of God through the Spirit built upon apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8 and verse 11 say that when Jesus rose up from the dead, he ascended on high and he gave gifts to men. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for equipping the saints for the work of the ministry 
for the building up of the body of Christ till we all attain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, even to maturity, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. All pastors, all prophets, all evangelists, all Bible teachers, all apostles are direct gifts from the resurrected Lord Jesus. The church belongs to Jesus. The heaven we are going to belongs to Jesus. He said in John chapter 14 from verse 1 to 3 that let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, would I not tell you? But when I finish preparing that place, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, the Bible says we should speak the truth in love to one another, so that we can all grow together into the head, who is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the head of the church, the owner of the church, the founder of the church, the person who gave the gifts for leadership in the church. And when we die, we go back to Jesus. We are bought by the blood of Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. Therefore, the position of Jesus on sexuality is bigger than any church's position in the world. If that church is the church of Jesus, then the position of Jesus on sexuality must be final. Now, Jesus believed the book of Genesis. He believed the creation story. He quoted it to his opponents. Therefore, we need to go back and look over there. Let us read Genesis chapter 1. I just want us to read verse 26 and verse 27. Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that have moved along the ground. So God created man in his own image. So God created man in his own image. And the image of God, he created him. Yes. Male and female, he created them. Male and female. These are Hebrew words. Zakar and Nekeva. He created them. God differentiated between the male and the female from creation. And he commanded them, blessed them, and said, Go, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. This means that your sex as male or female has a divine touch. You have been constructed by God as a male or female. Any attempt to change your sex is a rebellion against the God who sent you to this earth as a male or as a female. Not only that, sexuality goes beyond the sexual organs. A woman has got physiological interferences and hormones which make her tick differently from a man. Changing just your sexual organs 
does not change your physiology. Number three, God distinctly made a difference between male and female, between men and women, so that the two can be equal in the image and likeness of God, but different and complementary to one another. Let us read the Genesis chapter 2. We are reading verse 18 and then verse 23 and 24. Genesis chapter 2. We are reading verse 18 and verse 23 and 24. Genesis chapter 2. 18 says of all, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. God looked at creation. The whole of Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, sums it up. And God saw everything he created, and it was very good. But chapter 2, he inspects man and says, It is not good for man to be alone, to be lonely. I will make for him a suitable helper. Ezer Neged. These two Hebrew words are critical. Ezer means helper. That's where we get the word Eliezer. My God is my helper. Ebenezer. Stone of help. Ezra. Helper. The word Ezel is used of God as a helper most in the Bible. But God created a woman to be a helper to man. Two, he said Ezel naked. Naked means something which is complementary. Something which is a suitable companion. Something which stands over against the other one in order to be to merge together it is not only our sexual organs that demonstrate complementarity the build of our bodies and what takes place inside us demonstrates that God made a suitable helper in a man for the woman Please, shall we read the verse 23 and 24? 23 and 24. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. She, she shall be called Isha, because she was taken out of Ish. Ish is the Hebrew word for man. Isha is taken out of man. The woman shall be called Isha because she was taken out of Ish. And it makes sense of verse 24 that when a man leaves father and mother and cleaves to his wife, the two become a complete whole. One. Yes. Let's hear the verse 24, which Jesus quoted. 24. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And they will become one flesh. Now, this position of Jesus puts marriage, Christian marriage, at number one, between a man and a woman alone. Animals are not sexual partners of a human being. Fellow men are not sexual partners of a man. And marriage is not 
only heterosexual and heterogeneous. It is also a strictly one man, one woman, monogamous state. The Christian Bible does not admit polyamorous relationships where, okay, you are married to several men, several women, or you switch wives. The Christian marriage does not even admit polygamous relationships. The Christian marriage is a covenant before God because Jesus ended what he said by saying what therefore God has put together let not man put asunder the hand of God is in marriage because he instituted it. Now, before I leave this topic, I want us to read three passages from the Old Testament. It is true that these passages are from the law of Moses. But God was making a point that Jesus would later on endorse and show us that in the beginning this was what God had in mind. Let's read Leviticus. We are reading Leviticus chapter 8 verse 22 and then after that we shall read Leviticus chapter 20 verse 13 Leviticus chapter 18 verse 22 first of all do not lie with a man as one lies with a woman do not lie with a man as one lies with a woman that is detestable that is detestable Yes, Leviticus chapter 20 verse 13. Chapter 20 verse 13 now. If a man lies with a man as one lies with a woman. If a man lies with another man as one lies with a woman. Both of them have done what is detestable. Both have done what is detestable. They must be put to death. They must be put to death. Their blood will be on their own head. Their blood will be on their own heads. This was the law of Moses. Now wait before you even discount it. Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 5. Where God went ahead to say that the man shall not wear what pertains to a woman. And the woman should not even dress in what pertains to a man. To keep the sexual differences running. Yes. A woman must not wear men's clothing, nor a man wear women's clothing. For the Lord your God detests anyone who does this. Okay. Now we are into the New Testament. The New Testament has several passages that speak about same-sex relationships. I can't pull out all, but at least I want us to read five of them. Let us read Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, I want you to take it from verse 26. And let's go down well. After 27, I will see whether we will be okay. Romans chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Paul was trying to prove in the book of Romans chapter 1 that the Gentiles are sinners and they have no excuse for their sin. And he lists their sins. 
and tries to explain that even though they did not have the law of Moses, still they were guilty. Yes. Romans chapter 1, 26-27. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. Yes, the women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. The men also abandoned natural relationship with uh, women and were inflamed. They were set on fire with lust for fellow men. Now, men committed indecent acts with other men. Men committed indecent acts with other men. And received in themselves the due penalty and they for their perversion. They received in their bodies the punishment for the perversion. God was not holding them guilty because of Moses' law. God found these Gentiles guilty even though they did not have the law of Moses. This is why Sodom and Gomorrah need an apology from this generation. Because they had no Bible. They had no Jesus Christ. They had no church. But when they were involved in homosex, God poured fire from heaven upon them to destroy them. They were not under the law of Moses. We can't plead that eh, is the law of Moses which finds homosexuality wrong. No! It was wrong before the law of Moses. The law came to make us come to the knowledge of sin and conviction of sin. Okay? Let's read the second passage in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We are reading from verse 9 all the way to verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 to 11. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral. Sexually immoral. He mentions sexually immoral. No. Idolaters or adulteress. Idolaters, adulteress. No male prostitutes. Male prostitutes, malakoi. No homosexual offenders. Homosexual offenders. No. This translation is correct. It's from the Greek word arsenokoites. Arsen, male. Koites, bed. Men who go to bed with men. Arsenokoites. Nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. He clearly says that such people will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. That is what some of you were. There were people in the church in Corinth who had been involved in homosexuality. But they had repented and were cleansed by the blood of Jesus and received and they were church members. So Paul was saying, such were some of you. Yes. But you were washed. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. The blood of Jesus is able to forgive homosexuality is able to forgive lesbianism the blood of jesus forgives transgender and forgives queer forgives bisexuality the blood of jesus forgives incest and you know pornography the blood of jesus when you repent of that action the chain of satan over your life can be broken. It can be smashed. It can be shattered. You will be free. Some people were like that. But they were washed. They were justified. They were sanctified by the blood of Jesus 
end by the Holy Spirit. Now, I want us to move on to 1 Timothy. We are going to read 1 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, well, the verse I want is verse 10. So, I just want to give you the background. Paul was addressing Timothy and trying to explain to him that some people, they are trying to interpret the law of Moses wrongly. They don't understand what they are saying. Because the law is not for good people. It's for lawless people. It's for people who, who need law to keep straight. You see, a good man will do good even if there is no law. But an evil man needs a law to regulate him and keep him from doing evil. Yes, just read the verse 10 for us. For adulterers and peasants, for slave traders and liars, yes. and perjurers, yes. and for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine. Yes. You see, these people were... Paul was just making his point that the law is for people who are sexual perverts. You see, a sexual pervert is somebody who is not following the normal, straight way of sexuality. Just allow me to put it there. And Paul was explaining that the law is for such people. And you need to understand that in each of these passages the anger of God is against the sin though he loves the sinner and he makes provision for the sinner to change to repent and come back so that the blood of Jesus will wash the person and set him or her free so that there will be forgiveness and justification. Now, let's read two more passages before I begin to bring my summary. Let's read the Revelations chapter 21, verse 8. Revelations chapter 21, verse 8. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Now, this passage is in the second to last chapter of the last book of the Bible. He is trying to explain. This is not Paul. It's John. And John is trying to explain that certain people will not be in heaven. But they will definitely be in the lake of fire. The second death. I want you to notice the classroom. Notice the kind of people who are put there. The sexually immoral those who perform magic, then those who are idolaters. He mentions the list and makes you see what God is about. I want you to understand that when we talk about homosexual, uh, bisexual, transgender, lesbian, queer, we are not discriminating against them. Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 28 that if you look at a woman to last after her in your heart, you have already committed adultery with her. This means that the bar for sexual purity 
has been lifted in the New Testament and is higher than the pole vault of the Old Testament. Sexual purity means even when you are married, you are not allowed to have extramarital affairs. The unmarried person getting involved in sex is equally evil as bisexual relationship. The scripture is not discriminating against LGBTQ. The scripture is saying that Matthew 5, 8 Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 from verse 3 This is the will of God your sanctification. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4 It says let marriage be honorable among all and the marriage bed undefiled. For whoremongers, adulterers, God himself will judge them. Sometimes, people who have a lesbian, gay, and what have you tendencies, feel that whenever we talk about it, we are discriminating against them. That is not true. Because the scripture calls lasting after a woman in your heart sin even if you are married and I am number one to honor that I thought with marriage you don't have any sexual leanings towards any other woman it's not true this is my 39th year as a married man I have five children I have five grandchildren but whenever i let down my guard i see that i'm also able i see myself you know falling into the vulnerable 18 of being attracted sexually by ladies this is the truth now i have to bring this message to a close. Let me put together what I've been saying and give you the way forward. Number one, Jesus Christ has power to set you free from every sexual lust in your life. You just follow the protocol. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 says, Repent. Change your mind. And receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. And be baptized in water. And receive the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is protocol. It is the first step. Why? Because Romans chapter 6 verse 2 verse 3 verse 4 says that when you are baptized in water there is a union between you and Jesus. You die with Jesus on the cross you are buried with Jesus and you are raised with him to newness of life therefore you are dead to sin and the Romans 6 11 says you should count yourself dead to sin because sin no longer has dominion mastery over you and the verse 14 also says the same thing you see the power of lust, the power that pushes your spirit to homosexual, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, 
and queer tendencies, that power is broken by the cross of Jesus Christ. Not only that. Galatians 3.27 says, As many as have been baptized into Christ Jesus have put on Christ. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, As many as will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So what happens is, Colossians 1.27, it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. The old things are gone. All things have become new. And Colossians 3, 3 and 4, he says, you are dead. Your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life shall appear, you will appear with him. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6, he says that by the grace of God, you are made alive together with Christ. And you have been raised together with Christ. And you are made to sit together with Christ in the heavenly places. The blood of Jesus is able to wash sin and break the power of sin over your life that is the truth the reason you need the holy spirit is that romans chapter 7 from 17 to 20 explains our dilemma he says that the good i want to do i'm not able to do it the evil i don't want to do i find myself doing it therefore i notice that it is not i who do these things it's sin dwelling in me Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? Then Romans chapter 8, from verse 9 to 13, he says that if you have God's spirit, then the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead comes to dwell inside you, just like indwelling sin. And the verse 13, he says that if you live by the flesh, you will die. But if by the Holy Spirit, you put to death the desires of the flesh, you will live. It means that the resurrected Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father come to take residence in you. First John chapter 4 verse 4. He says, you are of God, little children. You have overcome them. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. First John chapter 4 verse 15. He says that anyone who confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God comes to live in him and he in God. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 and 13. He says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling for God is at work in you to will and to do according to his own pleasure. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me from within. Now, I know there are extreme cases where a person is homosexual or transgender bisexual because there is a family case. There is a childhood trauma or some childhood sexual abuse or religious abuse that has held you captive and there is a spirit behind it so you find it compulsive you are bound you are a captive you see that you don't want to watch pornography but you go and watch you don't want to be involved in this gay relationship but you go anyway you see that oh you are not interested some days you you are you you feel so guilty for being lesbian but you go and do it anyway you must know that galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14 say that christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us because it is written curse is anyone that hangs on a tree that the blessing of abraham will come upon the gentiles through jesus christ even this evening as i speak now you can receive your freedom first john chapter 3 verse 8 he says the reason the son of god appeared is to destroy the works of the devil 
and Luke chapter 10 verse 19 he says behold I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you Jesus said in my name you will cast out demons today you can be free you can be free you can be free you can be released in the name of Jesus and wherever you are listening to my voice I want you to stand up and I want to pray with you just say it with me say Lord Jesus I am calling upon you today I want to change I want you to deliver me from sexual sin whichever one it is and today Lord Jesus I confess you as my Lord and my personal Savior come and break these chains for me you became a curse for me. You bought me. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus to set me free now by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for you. I break every chain of sexual immorality and slavery over your life. Be broken in Jesus' name. Be broken. Be free. Be free. If the Son shall set you free, you will be free indeed. Be free. Receive freedom. Receive liberty. In Jesus' name, receive liberty. Yes, I break every family curse from your father's house, from your mother's house. I command them to lose their hold on you. Go in the name of Jesus. Go in the name of Jesus. And I invite you, Holy Spirit, right now, Feel them. Feel whoever is. Yes, be filled with the Spirit of God. Yes, where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. If the Son shall set you free, you will be free indeed. If the Son shall set you free, you will be free indeed. Yes, right now, I see you being loosened. I see your shackles breaking in the name of Jesus. And I want to ask you to take advantage of this and draw near the Bible and the Bible believing church. God bless you in Jesus name. Amen. Follow JFK Men's Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Men's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensministries.org God bless you.